than most. Better than most. Critical takeoff. He falls into the pit. He's going to get spat out. Please make welcome the Ball and All podcast, James Tiger Woods, Beric Eckerbarts, and the king of speaking in the third person, Steve Condor Condo Condon. Okay, surprise, surprise, we're back in the shed. Um, I think uh, it is the captain's run, and it's episode six, done 80 episodes of the long form, and... I just think it's time to reflect that not long ago we had a lot of water in the shed. We swam out here. <laughs> it's a fa- you guys did swim in here, and it's still operating. Give us a hand. We had a sauna fully floating around. So do you, so? Can you literally die if you go in that sauna now? Is it dead set? I put it on afterwards and smoke bellowed out of it. Like a <laughs> did it? So you so yeah, you have to get it repaired, or is it? Yeah, I've got to get it sorted. But uh, my main man Ray, he's got me under control. So hopefully we're right. Now, boys, hot off the press, before we get into it, we've got to, uh, we're just about to make a call. We might be able to get the captain of our first sponsored side, the Ball and All Bangalore Sixers. They've had a big win tonight. They're undefeated up there in the Sixers comp at Bangalore, 9-1, and it takes them into the finals. Wow. Yeah, now, Carly, this is the Ball and All podcast. Is it correct that we're hearing on the... uh, the grapevine that you guys have won tonight, 9-1, and you're into the semis. We're, we're into the A-grade semis, not just any semis. It's, it's A-grade. <laughs> Coley, was it Woody's speech prior to this, uh, you guys obviously going into the tournament, was that probably the thing that you know ignited you blokes to get to this position? I think so. I think the boys weren't taking it serious before that, and then Woody's just uh, sparked them up, giving them a bit of life, and... Yeah, we've really come, come, come up trumps. Uh, so, what, what are we, what are you doing, like in the huddle as you walk onto the pitch for the national anthem each game? You, what's yep. your, what's your pitch walk on spiel? Like, are you like, all right, guys? Uh, I, I leave, I leave that to Tully, Tully McLean. And what does Tully yeah, say? Um, does Tully say like, look, he, I'm fucking pretty bad at this, a, but no, he kind of gets like a new. I think he watches YouTube videos and he gets a new spiel each week, and he <laughs> just comes. He just comes out with some weird shit that gets the boys fired up. So he might just check out Tony Robbins or something like that and do some sort of like two minutes out of Tony Robbins spill. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He, gets, he, he gets some pretty weird shit happening. I'm going to write him one for this next finals game. So, Kylie, I don't know, I if, think, it's, yeah. I don't know if it's a bad omen, but I was actually going to hand out the team um, ball and all socks tonight because we're, we're now doing socks. Is that a bad omen yep. for the semis or do you think the boys want to be decked out in ball and all socks? I think it'll probably be good because the teams will look at us and go, these guys are the real deal. <laughs> right. Okay, we're going to put some socks aside. Well, thanks for the call. All the best next uh, week. Thanks, and keep thanks us, for the sponsorship, lads. I appreciate it. Keep yeah, us well, updated. Mate, yeah. See you, mate. Thanks, fellas. See ya. So, boys, we're straight into Around the Grounds. There's plenty happening. A um, bit of a change in the codes. Uh, all the focus is the Soccer World Cup. Um, we're going to dial in Jolly, and I know we've... we've uh, just, just before we do, boys... Like, how good is it, the Soccer World Cup? Like, I don't watch soccer barely you get for right four years. It, I love it. I, I keep it on the TV the whole time. I love the colour. And I love the fact that you could be number 30 in the world and you've dead set got a chance to beat the top five. It doesn't happen in any other sport. Like, rugby, you're probably 10 to 12. But you're talking, like, Italy's not even here. Mm. That's what's so competitive about Japan this tournament. Japan beating Germany. 
Oh, but Saudi Arabia beating yeah. out the undefeated Argentinians. They've been 36 without a loss. Yeah. That, that I think, too, you got to remember, too, this is the World Cup final. So the World Cup starts two years ago when yeah, they qualify. True. And you're playing in six six team groups and you've got to, you know, obviously I think this the top two from each group go in automatic and then the the third place guys play off. But you got the best of the best. And if you've got the right mixture too, like Saudi Arabia did and they were up for it, you can beat someone like Argentina. Like they had all the they had all the run in the first half. Argentina had I think four disallowed goals for offside. Yeah. And then they just took their chances, bang bang. Well, let's, uh, let's dial uh, Jolly in from the uh, Youth Football Institute on the North Coast, 2478. He's our soccer expert. Let's see what his wrap-up is because maybe it's a bit different to ours. Probably definitely is because he actually knows his shit. Yeah, <laughs> and we don't. Hey, how are you? Jolly, okay, give us a quick rundown. What was, uh, let's start with the Aussie game. What was the good, yeah. bad and the ugly on the Aussie, Aussie-French game? Look, the good... From an Aussie point of view, it was obviously the first 25 minutes where we, we scored the goal and we are winning 1-0. The bad was how we just went back into our shell after it and sort of let France have the game and kind of dictate everything that happened in the match. And I think the ugly was probably the scoreline. We just sort of bled out a little bit towards the end. We needed to at least hold a bit firm for goal differences later on in the tournament. So that was probably the ugliest part of it. Instead of it, you know, let's try and make it 2-1 instead of 4-1. But anyway, that, that's, that's what happens, doesn't it, when you play quality opposition like that? Jolly, it's Woody here, mate. I, I watched the game pretty closely a couple of times and um, it's, it's a big gap, really, isn't it? Like 18 yeah. World Cup champs and they're down a lot of their good players, probably four of their sort of starters. They just look bigger, faster, and stronger almost, eh? Yeah, especially after that. We started the game all right. We looked pretty good in possession. You know, we were kind of not taking a backward step, kind of giving it, you know, when we didn't have the ball. And then, I don't know, we just kind of just couldn't go with them. We kind of just gave them a bit too much respect. And, you know, your quality outfit. They got quality all over the park. And, yeah, the gap was shown. And I think the gap was probably shown that, it's a bit bigger than what everyone realizes it actually is, mate. I want to I want to dial it back a sec for because uh, you you're running a youth uh, soccer program. Um, yeah. Obviously, you know grassroots pathways. How do we do it? Like, how do we get back to that 06 sort of golden era where we had, you know, five really good players in the Premier League, couple of guys in the Italian League. Like, how do we sort yeah. of develop the place to get back over there? Because it seems like a lot of our young players just stay here and get comfortable in the A League. Like they don't. I think that's it. It's kind of, um, I mean, there are a lot of options now for young kids. So you're right. Like they can stay here. They can, you know, they can even make good money playing in just like an NPL team anywhere in Australia. But I think it comes back to just the process that you put those kids in and the environment that you put them in. You know, you look at that 2006, all of those kids, they went through New South Wales Institute. They went through the Australian Institute of Sport all together all working on the same program since they were 12 years old. And the results show, yeah, we, we didn't have, you know, a great World Cup where we got out of the group stage and went on and won it or went to a semi-final. But we comp- competed against the best in the world and we weren't too far off it. I just think it now there's so many things where kids can branch off and do a lot of different sort of types of training and 
whereas the curriculum back then was purely this is what we do, this is the program we follow, and and everyone that followed it got success. And now there's just sort of too many programs, if that makes sense. Too many chiefs, not enough Indians. Hundred percent, mate. It's just too many people thinking that they're you know the the next best football coach out of coming out of Australia instead of everyone getting on the same page and and working towards the same goals. It's like when you're coaching a football team, you, you take 11 guys that are rolling in the same direction and working hard for each other over six guys and then seven guys who think they're better than everyone else. Like, so yeah. it, it's kind of a little bit like that. When you strip it back to the, the mechanics of it all, it's just about working together and having common goals instead of having all these different agendas that come into it. So uh, we've seen a few upsets. Well, actually, we've seen some really big upsets, Saudi Arabia yeah. and obviously the uh, overnight Japan beating Germany. Um, are there any surprises that you're sort of picking coming into this weekend? Like, firstly, do you think the Aussies are going to beat Tunisia? I watched the Tunisia-Denmark game and they were the opposite to what Australia did. They just took it to Denmark. They didn't give them any respect. They just went out and went for it. And hopefully Australia sort of does a bit of video on them and, and you know, tries to match that, give himself an opportunity to, you know, play in a positive way and get a positive result. So hopefully, hopefully Australia learn a lot from that French game and, you know, take that, the negative stuff and turn it into positives and can get a result that they, you know, would, would much rather get a result against Tunisia because then they give themselves a chance against Denmark. So wrapping it up, nearly, uh, nearly completed uh, round one. Is there any change in the betting as far as you're concerned? I see Brazil, France, England have obviously moved up, and Spain. Is there any yeah. one that stands out I for think you? Brazil still, obviously, Brazil play tomorrow morning. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where they sit. Um, I don't know. I think probably um, probably someone who's flown under the radar a little bit is probably the Dutch guys, the Netherlands. They sort of look pretty good. But I I think I think it's still between those two those teams, Brazil. I mean Argentina obviously had a bit of a flop, but it's still Brazil, England, France, Spain. Look, Germany had a flop as well. So look it, it is open, but I think Brazil, Spain, France, England, there you four. And and don't forget Morocco. What a a nil all draw that they had against <laughs> Don't worry, we're on there. <laughs> Can I ask one, one more question, Jolly? Like the short, the short preparation for each team that obviously plays yeah. a huge thing, probably for Argentina and Germany by the looks of it. You know, but mm-hmm. as in the turnarounds, as in they haven't had a month to sort of prepare yeah, yeah. and get into camp. Like that must play. Yeah. They must all have the shits with that, and and coming 100%. straight off like a busy, European. like European yeah. schedule as well. Like it must be. And we 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 heard all of that talk before the World Cup. You know, players players getting injured. Yeah. Three weeks out from a World Cup, which makes them, which rules them out of a World Cup, which has never happened before ever. Yeah. You know, you've always got so much time to lead into a World Cup, even if you sustain an injury, you've got a chance. And it's the same when you're talking about preparing a team to go into a, a massive tournament like the World Cup. Like they can't just come off the field from their club teams and then jump into camp and a week later or ten days later play in a World Cup game. Yeah, like yeah. it, yeah. it makes it extremely hard. And I mean that's the that's the life of a, of a modern professional athlete, but it's still, I think there'd be a few teams that are sort of like, well, how's, 
we didn't get much lead in time where other other teams got you know your three weeks yeah. or your months that well, helped Qatar, a lot. I think Qatar had seven months, Jolly. So like they they're the, one of the teams that actually had prep but didn't help them. So yeah. um, well, they but, they need yeah. to go and they need to go and look for another ten months or something, don't yeah. they? Somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Like like they, what what's the stat there? That's the first time in ninety two years that a host host nation's lost the first round. Yeah, oh, great point. Great point. Like, it's just, I mean, not speaking out of turn, but they wouldn't be there if they weren't hosting the World Cup. Yeah, fucking Bangalore Bulldogs would fucking run rings around those guys, our, eh? Our Sixers team had beat them. Righto, Jolly, yeah, well, we'll, uh, we'll touch base next week. Thanks for the wrap. Too easy, boys. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Thanks Jolly. Bye. Great to have a really good chat to Jolly. His, his knowledge on uh, soccer is second to none. Um, the only comment I'd make out of watching, well, I probably haven't watched as much as you, Barnsley, but, um, this week, but... Geez, you look at that French side, it was sort of like men against boys in the sort of last 50 or 60 minutes. And what did you say, Woody? They had four guys, five guys missing? Mm. Off the top of my head, like Paul Pogba, one of the like one of the better midfields. He's not he hasn't been as good as last World Cup, but he's he's still like, you know, one of the best midfielders in the world. Varane, who's one of the top fullbacks, he plays for Man United. Uh, Kareem Benzema. Kareem Benzema, who got, mm. you know, player best player in the world. He's playing he's captain of Real yeah. Madrid. He's the best striker in the world. They just showed like Killian and Pape on that left edge oh. just tore rings that, around. If, was, it's kind of like watching what Greg Inglis and Israel Falau. That's how I describe him, like bigger, stronger, faster, with better skill. And, it and, just blew you away. And Gerard, like yeah, Gerard, Gerard was, he, he's he, thirty five. Yeah, and he broke the goal record for France. He scored the most goals now. That's that's over with Terry on yeah. or Terry Henry as he's known in yeah. Australia. Tessa um, Hen. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think you're about to see Brazil play tomorrow morning. For, First yeah. thing, you're about to see the big boys roll in. That they, they have got the best team in every position, and they're all in form in their domestic clubs. Yeah, okay. Like Neymar's been on fire this year. All right, looking forward to that. Uh, golf. We've got the Australian PGA up in Brisbane this weekend. We've got the Australian Open next weekend. Uh, probably the best field this weekend that Australian golf has seen for a long, long time. All the top guys are there. Um, after day one, Adam Scott is at the top. Uh, he's right up there. Cam Smith is sort of midfield. It'll be a cracking weekend. Are you going up for it? Uh, I've got tickets. No, I'm not going up for it, Barnsley, because I'm actually going to celebrate our 30th wedding anniversary for an oh. auction that you actually bought for Condo. Yeah, which congratulations, was, was, mate. Was very, very generous. kind of yeah, you to spend... Uh, spend uh, Gaia Resort? Uh, I think it's Gaia. Gaia. Yeah. Gaia. Where, so where's that at Brizzy? I saw I saw yeah. um, Nick, at, uh, I saw Fano on his Instagram. Was, he played with Cam Smith yesterday. So, yeah. Were they up there? Yeah. So, yeah. so those guys sick. Um, so it's at uh, Royal Queensland under the bridge there. So well, Cam Smith's allowed to play in that event. Even no, though, it's a PGA. Yeah. So he's not allowed to play in that. Oh yeah, yeah. No. Oh, as a sorry, as a live athlete. Yeah, he can play. The only area that they're banned from is the US PGA. Ah, oh, okay. So he. Yeah, can I didn't play. know that either. Yeah, actually. That's, yeah, that's right. cool to know. Yeah. So no, there's a couple. Him, that's Leishman. Um, Scrivener, there's a few. Oh, the field, the field is really strong. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. good to have the best in golf or best Australians back playing our tournaments. I remember as a kid, you turn on those the Australian Open and that it was big. It was a big <laughs> deal to win. Craig Parry, like I love seeing. Nah, those. nah. Flashback. No flashback. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Badley versus yes. Greg Norman. Yeah. And it was yeah. probably 2001 was, or 19. Uh, ever win it, it first was, up? He was not. Uh, he was, was 18. 18 well, he won two. Yeah. Was, I think he was 19 or 18 when he won his first one. And that was against Norman, remember? It was yeah. like late 90s, early 2000s. He still, he, he, last, Monday, uh, last Monday, he Monday qualified for the PGA tournament. He's still playing like top string golf, like very, very good golfer. Yeah, so anyway, I think that uh, this weekend will be some, you'll see some 
I think Sunday will go down to an afternoon of some really good golf, some really good shootout, and hopefully a lot of those top guys are at the top of the uh, top of the pecking list. Uh, first time caller, long time listener. Okay, so this week our question is from Shory from East Ballina. So let's have a listen. G'day ballers, it's Shory here, long time listener, first time caller. I just have a question regarding the way sports contracts, specifically in the NRL and AFL, are structured in the modern game. Uh, given the large amounts of player movement and money in the game these days, contracts appear to mean fuck all. Do you think we need to change the way we pay players and contract them? Loyalty from both club and player is seemingly on the decline, so perhaps a retainer and match or incentive payment-based scheme is more relevant. Yeah, good question. Good question. Where do we want to start? Woody, do you want to start? I don't know. Like, you watch the NRL and you just, as soon as it's like someone that's in a good team, not getting paid that well, they just start playing the game almost from the get-go. Like, I feel like the Roosters are going to run into a bit of that. Joseph Manu... Uh, yeah, Suwali, Suwali yeah. like because they both want to play fullback. Obviously, Teddy's best player in the world. I, I think Joey Manu can move around a little bit, but the the manager there with Suwali's just being a pork chop, really. Just who's his manager? I, I actually don't know. Uh, I should know that. I'm sorry, I, but um, you think? But after Joseph Manu, how well he played for New Zealand at fullback? Do you think he starts to hear a few voices going, "Fuck, maybe I wanted, maybe I want to give this a crack," or is he sort of? He seems like a great guy, pretty level guy. You think he's like, "Nah, fuck it." I'll well, I don't want to go away from his question with yeah. the question. But, yeah, look, I think Joey, I know, Joey can play anywhere. I think he's happy to. And I also think that Luke Keary, great player, love watching him. But he's got a serious worry on his hands with his concussions. Oh, sure. And yep. guys are going to target him. They're going to run got traffic two years down on his contract. So if he can't get through, then Joey's your six. Yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah. So the Roosters, look, now, whichever way you skin it, every club would want to be in their position. Yeah, fully. So it's not really an issue. But what you're saying's right. Anyone can get out of a deal at the moment, and yeah. that's the frustrating thing. Like, I don't know, played 17 years. I can't remember ever getting out of a contract. It's just got to the point where you're like, well, uh, yeah. it is frustrating for fans and, and I think even clubs alike in many ways. Yeah, I've done a bit of homework on it and I think when you go back and you have a look at the mature um, sports in the mature countries that operate really well, it's obviously the EPL and the European soccer and then the NFL. And most of those, well, they pretty much have the same pro format, which is they have two trade windows. One over their off-season, so usually over summer or whatever is the off-season. So there's there's quite a bit of player movement and they have very strict guidelines on when it starts and when it finishes. So that becomes a bit of a focus for off-season. That They then have one either mid-season or prior to finals. That dovetails into a draft and a salary cap. And I think if you have a look at Australian sport, the NRL really struggles because we don't have a draft and we still have these flimsy sort of arrangements around trade windows. AFL do it way better. They've got and, – and I, I don't know, but you'd probably know better than me, Woody. Is there more – is there less – sorry, is there less AFL players that stump up and say, oh, one out of my contract than there is yeah. with NRL? Yeah. Yeah, okay. the, and as soon as they do, like uh, a big one in the in the trade period just then around the draft was um, a guy named who played for Melbourne, Luke Jackson, young guy, yep. 22. He's a ruckman, which is the tall guy, really important part of a team. He went back to uh, Fremantle Dockers. He's from West Oz. In the trade period? In the trade period, um, because they already have a great ruckman. Anyway, that was that was all done, and Melbourne were compensated really well. They got a couple of high draft picks, and you yeah. know they're obviously made it to the um, finals, so they were never going to get anything, but they got a couple of really good picks back. But the other thing I'd say with those guys is um, you don't see any of the great players, especially the core players in each team. They never really leave. 
So your Hawthorns that won four premierships yeah. over those years, the Geelong yeah, side. Selwood and all those yeah, guys, yeah, like all those great West Coast sides and whatever. They generally stay together and you're just bringing in young guys around them. And they, Whereas you look at Melbourne or, you know, obviously other great sides like Brisbane and that, there was always people leaving, Canberra. This sort of last 10 years, it's become really prevalent. Yeah, and we're just about to move into it again with... Um you yeah, know, with the yeah. NRL, because yeah. you've got a new club like the Dolphins, and you know, I just read today, you know, like they're now going to have a real crack at uh, at Dylan Dylan Brown from Parramatta, you know, upwards of a million dollars. He's still got another twelve months run on his contract. Yeah, like, yeah. That's well, that's where they are at the moment. They, they're doing all their negotiating yeah. a year before it's done, yeah. which, and stupid. it's a weird way of doing it. I suppose at least it's done, and you can get on with the season and know what your plans are. But it, it's a it's a really unique if way of doing but, it. But, 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 yeah, but my point about these mature mm. uh, sports and, and how they operate is that when you've got two fluid trade windows conducted in a, you know, under really, um, you know, well-thought-out uh, restrictions, you don't have, oh, you know, Ronaldo's contracted here for another 12 months, but then in 12 months he's going to be playing for Man U or, you know, whatever. You don't have that. So, so, so if Dylan Brown wants to move now... Off he goes. So my my thing with the NRL, and this is the thing that fucking shoots them in the foot, the depth of talent isn't as great as the mm. NFL. So if you're a fuckwit in an F- NFL tech, you're out. They, yeah. they got fucking 10 guys. And even if you are their best player, they know something down the track's coming out of college or what that load of They don't take the risk, do they? They don't even yeah. take the risk. So if you're a dickhead, you're gone. And I think that's where the NRL, they don't have that luxury, but... Back to Dylan Brown. Like, say he's right now, they just made the grand final, they lost, but he had a pretty decent season. He's on five, six hundred grand, let's say, and then Bennett offers him a million bucks in a year or a million bucks for four years, so he's about to sign a four. He can crack the shits and kick yeah. stones, and then they just fuck him off, and he gets his money early. Like, there's no. Well, I'd hope he'd be a bit more but, like how Matt Burton did it at Penrith. Mm. Clubs have got to be stronger and say... And Ado Yeah, and Ado Car did a great right. job at Melbourne. Uh, but, but they're you, in good organisations. It's different when you're at they the Tigers like, coming last. And, but they seem like normal fucking people too yeah. from their social media. They seem like level guys. I think back to Shory's question too, and you just touched on it with the NFL. One thing that the NFL do very well too is they'll have base payments and then very high incentives. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, you, and the base payment's not like, say, equivalent in Oz of getting 10 grand or 20 grand. It's like the base payments are very good, but it, then if you're on the park for X amount of games, you play finals, you win your division, you know, blah, 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 mm. you know, it goes through the roof. That's did you did you have many contracts that were highly incentivised? Uh, not really. Most of our stuff was done with match payments, but that's still big for guys. Like, you think when you play a Wallabies test, that's big money, you know grand. what I mean? That's a big thing. And, and you play Origin, that's 30, 40 grand World yeah. Cups and stuff. Yeah. So guys are anticipating this. It's... Uh, yeah, they're, they're incentives to want to get up and, and play. Also, the uh, interesting thing on a podcast I was listening to, the, to today, it was about the NBA. So they obviously have, you know, it's really strict. American sports do it really well because if you suck, you're going to get the next best player out of high school or college. They're gonna, you're more than likely going to get them. And they've had a big argument. There's a lot of teams in a lot of those major sports like NFL, NBA and uh, Major League Baseball that have fucking sucked for a decade and they keep getting number one picks, but the pe- the people that run it are so fucking stupid. They still suck. And, and they're and like... The shit organisations. And, yeah. and they're starting to have an argument now where if you suck three years in a row and you get the top <laughs> pick, after that, you, shouldn't, you should, shouldn't be allowed to actually be in the chance. You need to get better you know management so then. under that yeah. uh, under that platform the tigers and the dragons are fine. yeah like that like like because yeah, the, there's no they don't have that obviously one. it's nrl's not as fortunate but 
they um you know like the Premier League's got a such like the bottom three clubs are relegated. Fuck off, you yeah. you're down. Like they're kind of looking at something yeah. like how can we do that? Punish the the people that aren't running the perennial underperformance. Yeah. Anyway, it's a it's a good question from Shorey. Thank you. I'm sorry we probably couldn't provide a clear answer. But yeah, but I think it's fucked. Yeah. I think what he's asked us, all of it sucks, and it, and it's it makes NRL look shit compared to the AFL. Well, I think the best platform is is the one which is AFL, which follows European and, and NFL yeah. pretty closely because they have a draft. Um, our homework this week, uh, I think you said it was the best doc over you. Uh, it's the it's top in the two? top three sporting ones. Two Escovars. Yeah, it's it's my favourite 30 for 30, which is a Keeping big thing. Keeping with our because, soccer theme. Yeah, because I, I I loved it. And I think it what makes the 30 for 30 doco so special is that they go away usually from the star athletes. You know, like the Jordan one... Yeah. You know, is huge in that way, and they follow these major clubs. But these ones, they dig into the nitty gritty stories, and they've they've managed to mash together Pablo Escobar and Andreas Escobar, the captain of Colombia, and how intertwined they were. Complete opposite personalities, complete opposite beliefs, beliefs, jobs, yeah. everything, political and they, stuff, political everything, and they coexisted yeah. in a. In a weirdly beautiful way, I reckon. I'm still trying to work out here after watching it whether Pablo Escobar's a really, really good like bloke. He's a, well, he's a good bloke, and he's a really horrific dude yeah, as well. Yeah. And he, and it, depending on where you were in the social hierarchy in Colombia, probably where that's where you stood on him. Because if you were really poor, Pablo Escobar was a fucking good bloke. Mm. But if you were up in where you yeah. know the murder cap, murder rates are going through the roof, and all this, you're probably seeing him far differently. Yeah, I think I think too that what. What's gnarly is he was like the kingpin and he'd just roll into the games and he'd just fucking roll in with his boys and, and he'd be sitting like right at halfway, right behind the bench, just staring at... like Imagine if you were playing for Columbia and you know what he's capable of and you're having a shocker. Well, that, the thing with them was that they were pretty good mates with him because yeah. he used to have them at his prison. Yeah. He'd, he'd be in jail well, and the Colombian soccer team had to get ushered in. Yeah. He called for them. They yeah. came in and play a soccer game at his prison. Like, it's, it's unbelievable. But it just showed what money can do because Colombia could never keep their players and then all of a sudden all the narcos decided that stuff this, we're going to wash all our money. Through sporting teams, so yeah. every for, one for of the that big period, dogs, yeah, that period into the ninety about ninety ninety to ninety four. Well, was, well, well, it was ninety four LA, but, but in that period, yeah. yeah, they they went hard at it, and all the best players in Colombia and around the world were in Colombia for that time, and it was what well, was amazing to watch. I suppose it was, they'll never have that. Probably, well, they ever sort of again. went from nowhere to just coming into the Olympics top four. In like when you, you mean talk, the World yeah. Cup? Sorry, yeah. uh, sorry, World Cup uh, to top four, and then and then they turn up at LA, and it's like like the planning of four years to get them to that level to keep all the Colombians yeah. there, and then the big sting where you know they lose to Romania, yeah, um, you know where they just turn the tables and all the money went on well, for them to lose. The country went to hell at that yeah. time too because remember Pablo was sort of knocked off just prior to that tournament, yeah. so the country was in disarray. But you know what? You know why I keep going back and watching it though. I used to say to myself that whenever I felt pressure in one of those big games you play, I'd watch that and I'd go, I am under no pressure compared yeah. to them. They were getting death threats through their TV. They were getting calls in the middle of the night going, yeah. I'm at your family's house right now. I've got a gun to their head. Make sure if you, you don't play, you you have to lose this game, this next game, or you have to win this game. Like All this shit's going Turn on. Turn the TV on, there's just messages there. Yeah, It's Crazy. the heaviest shit. And yeah. I just went to myself like... I, 
feels so hard. And, for that, and the first so time, uh, first time he went out in public after they get back to. He Columbia. tries to reason with a yeah. guy at a nightclub and gets shot for the own goal, and it was completely against him. Almost tears because that bloke, you, you would not miss a better bloke than Andreas Escobar, and that's kind of. Where so it sad, ends up. Yeah, yeah. When it ends up, but look, I just want to say to those blokes, that's that's a great doco and how to do it and cover stories that we just don't know about, and they did a great job. They're yeah. generally always the most interesting, aren't they? Like mm. the behind the scenes stuff like that, because it's oh. almost like a movie. Yeah. Oh, those yeah. ESPN thirty for thirties are fantastic. There's not yeah. really a bad one. Anyway, if you haven't watched it, get on and watch it. It's excellent. Uh, get off the fence this week, boys. Justin Langer. Are we for what he said? He's come out and said in a podcast. No, interview? no, it was a presentation. More interview. Oh. Yeah, it was a presentation. I think at a lunch. Okay, yeah. and he's just teed off on how he was, uh, or how his situation was handled and being sacked. Is he helping matters by doing this? I get the point that he has every right to feel aggrieved, but ten months on, man, let sleeping dogs lie. I'm on both sides. You can. Mm. It's like I feel like the attitude with. With the Australian cricket team is they need a bit of that. They need to be accountable for that. Just so going forward, they, they, they don't feel like they can get away with fucking white-handing the joint. So do you think Cummins has got to basically, instead of going wish-washing, just go, look, at the end of the day, we wanted a different direction as coach? Or has he done that? Has he done that yet? Well, I don't think he's done it in the media. Maybe he has. By, by the, the sounds of what Lang has said... He's saying one thing to him and fucking leak another oh, shit. I think out. he sort of did that, didn't he? When they moved on, when they yeah, sort of, I, I it was quite felt oh, yeah. it did. It I, was quite obvious that they weren't backing Langer for reappointment when they offered him that short-term deal. That's when it sort of seemed to bubble to the surface. I feel out. like just between us and our listeners, coming seems like a pleb. He seems like a bit of a pleb. I reckon. You reckon? Yeah. No, I don't. I don't think so. I, I um. I yeah. think he's been put in a tough position by the powers to be there. And look, at the end of the day, Justin Langer, he's a fucking good coach, but he is one intense dude. And, well, if you and think if you think he's intense and you can find online the snippets of the presentation, when you think it's 10 months after the actual result of him being moved on, holy dooly, he does not miss. He, mm. there, is, there is some serious vitriol, some serious uh, dislike, um, and he just he takes his time and he doesn't miss anyone. All right, moving forward, we've had a shit run at the T20s, but we look good in the fifty over stuff. Are, are we looking at, at at a different direction for coach? Like, are we? How long are we giving? How long are we giving McDonald and Victoria crack? Oh, I think they've got for a while now, mate. I, at the end of the day, is he a bad coach? Like, seriously, how do you how do you judge it off a T Twenty tournament, which can go both ways? Because Australia won that last T Twenty, the previous one before yeah. the last. But mate, it was tenuous. We scraped into the semis. We could have easily lost if results didn't go our way. So, you know what I mean? Like World Cups in those are small margins. So, I think he's got to have a little bit of time. And and he showed in this one day, as even though it was an understrength England side, that we can play. So, do you give I, him to the Ashes? We let him coach. Yeah, in for England? sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, who else is it? Well, what I'd do is I'd just wait. I'd, I'm not sure what, what his contractual arrangements are, how long he's contracted for, but I'd just wait till he rolls off and I'd get Matthew Mott. Back from England. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'd do. Yeah. Get a good Australian that's at the top of his game, did a great job with the women. He's In a short t- period of time, he's done a great job with that English side. Yeah, well, I, I think, think no one even back. approached him after, which I is I don't strange. think they even spoke to him, yeah, yeah which is very, uh, very ordinary. Um. So where do you reckon it goes? I think it's very interesting just in the short term. We've got a test coming up, the first test in Perth. Uh, Langer is down to commentate for Channel 7. <laughs> and Pat Cummings and the Aussie team are rolling into WA. Um, Gilchrist has apparently reached out to 
try and sort of mend some fences. I don't know. It could potentially blow up in Perth. You, you wouldn't know what will happen, but obviously Langer's not going to try and fight one of them at the fucking <laughs> ground. You wouldn't, you wouldn't think you would. Watch this, Prezzo. <laughs> you oh. might have a different view. The great thing about it is for newspaper outlets, it sells papers. <laughs> yeah. Justin Langer is gold. He's just like Eddie Jones, mate. They are gold for media. It yeah. keeps shit bubbling. It's interesting. We're talking about it. Yeah. So. I, I, I just feel if they have a shit summer, if we underperform this summer, I've... They've got to go in a different direction before they go to England. We'll get fucking flogged. Oh, I just can't see it happening, mate. We've got the West Indies. We'll roll them and then you roll yeah, play South Africa. South Africa will be tough, but... Yeah. 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 Balls deep. Do we have a balls deep this week? Yeah, I've got a few. Have you? Yeah. Let's I've, go. got, um, I've got a couple of the old timers, well, other than obviously the big upset teams, but I'm going with um, Luka Modric, the uh, Croatian midfielder, obviously plays for Real Madrid. First player ever to play in three consecutive decades of World Cups. So... He's played in yeah, consecutive 06, um, 10. 10, I think, 14, 18, 22. So he's a freak of a player. I think he's underrated. I don't think he gets the mentions, and you see him on the world stage. How and you old go, is he? I think, I, think, I think Messi and um, Rodano yeah. have done the same thing as well. Have they? Yeah. I don't know. I've got a feeling Messi might have missed the 2006. I have no, to no, check he that. Played. He did play? Yeah. Okay, maybe they have. I heard it on a commentator the other night. So yeah, I'll no, I think, they're, I think they're the three that have played in five. There you go. Proven wrong. Uh, the other one I'm going to go is Gal, Paul Gallen. Say what you want about the bloke, but 21-year sporting career, and he fought some fucking tough heavyweights too. Uh, he fought Hooney, he fought Mark Hunt, Brown, these sort of guys, Lucas Brown. So, mate, I've got to tip my hat to the bloke. You know, it's a uh, pretty phenomenal career. Barnsley, did you see what he came out with the other day? He reckons he's made $25 million just from his boxing. Boxing was a huge cash cow for him, I think. Yeah, and, and I, I didn't realise they got paid that much I've for those type of fights. I've got to say a bit of a credit to the Rose Brothers, who've yeah. made themselves into Australia's premier boxing promoters. Like, well done to those guys. Mm. George Rose and his brother finished footy, and they've just they've made a, made a go of it and done really well. What do you reckon he would have been earning as captain of Cronulla? Seven fifty, eight hundred. Yeah, because he's a front row. Well, he's front row lock, but the bloke played big minutes at a time. Yeah. Oh, and he earned 25 out of boxing. It's incredible, isn't it? Jesus. They definitely don't like him north of the border. Yeah, well, I'm a Queenslander, but I still, I've still got a lot of respect for him. Yeah. Say what you want about him. I just think he's, he's a tough bastard. And, oh, he's tough. Um, you know, hats off to him on a bloody good career. James? Paul Steve, for me, I reckon it'd have to be um, the World Cup and how you look at certain teams and you think, oh, these guys are just going to fucking walk through everyone and you see sick, like, sick team efforts like Japan. Yeah, upsets. Yeah. yeah. Well, I feel like Japan, they have got a fucking good side and they they could they could be a little smoky. They're my one. Well, I was gonna use them as a final word, but once again, they finish the game, they go around the entire stadium, mm. clean it all up. It's one of the great parts about their culture. It'll do it at every stadium they're at. Shit, we've all got to take a leaf out of their book. But they well their team's fucking they're Fuck, s- they're quick. They're good. And <laughs> yeah. they're skillful. Yep. Righto, final word. Barnsey. Uh, Swooping magpies. If you're in town in Lennox Head, if Tomorrow. you happen to be driving past, give them a big... Uh, give, it, give us Woody. Give it, let us hear it. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if anyone's into paper mache or 
can make a fucking bird paint yourself a black and white magpie. Get down Bunsy, there. I'm yeah. not bipping the horn. I'm coming over in person to cheer the. Uh, yeah, they're playing a on. tough. They're playing a really tough team from Newcastle, so it'll test them. But hopefully they get up. The other thing too, I don't know if anyone follows him, but check out on Instagram the Mind Mechanic. The bloke yep. has run all the way across Australia. He's a veteran. He's running for veterans' mental health and that sort of stuff. Looks like a champion bloke. Get behind him. He's running into Byron Bay this Saturday morning. So if you can get down there and run in with him or just get down there and cheer him on. Um, check out his Instagram, The Mind Mechanic, and uh, find him there. Can I ask you a quick question? I haven't played cricket for about 17 years, but do they still say, even your team when you're playing best, do they still say, walking in with the bowler? Yes, Walking yes, in yes. with the bowler. <laughs> there's a party on Middle Stump. Let's crash it. Send the bales to Wales. Oh, there's, there's some great party on Middle Stump. Let's crash it. Go long, go long. <laughs> okay, Condo's final word is, uh, it's the final word from Woody for a week. You're off. Yeah, I'm going up to uh, the Australian titles um, to help a few of the kids from Levar. Surf up. titles. Surf titles at North Stratty. Um, yeah, so they're in the New South Wales side. And yeah, hopefully we get some uh, good now, results. You know you've got a good omen. You know last time the Aussie titles were at uh, Stratty. Yep. You know what happened. Some big results from some Levar crew. <laughs> Two brothers from the one school representing the one state won the team event First time ever. MR Shield. MR Shield. Did, and it was your boys or what? It was Zachy Condon and Luke Condon. Hey, Condon. Give your boys a play. Well, it's the first mate. time. It's they history. Can, wasn't it pumping surfers. too? Wasn't it? It was absolutely pumping yeah. at cylinders. Yeah. Um, there were... Oh. Zachy Whiteman, didn't he do really well? And He and did Mikey well, did yeah. Well. I think... Uh, I don't know. I think there might have been 10 10s that day. Just ridiculous barrels. It was pumping. There you go. Well, I, I don't think it's going to be like that. But we'll, we'll <laughs> Does do the forecast look all right? It looks, it looks good for main break. Um, and we got, uh, obviously, Harry O'Brien, Juniper Harper, Osha Curtis, Kenny Crisp, Maxi McGilvray. They're all the – I think they're all five of those guys from Lieber. So they're all up there having a crack. Actually, and if you haven't, I'm sure you have watched uh, Jake Linderman's uh, little clip that's just been put out. Uh, Indo, ed- the Indo one? Yeah, edited by uh, Griggs. It's, yep. a, it's a good watch. All right. Giddy up. We will be back on... Uh, actually, will you be here on Monday? Or is it just condo? You're going down to the no, nights. No, I'll try and get in Sunday condo. We'll punch we'll something out for the weekend. Oh, so and, we'll uh, have Sats bed as, uh, as our guest. Might have Satsy in. Yeah, we'll see how we go. Hey, Woody, good luck, mate. Yeah, good Thanks, luck. Thanks, mate. I, I need it. I'm, I'm going to try and get a heat. <laughs> see ya. <laughs>